what, Jamie? Let's pop off right now. We gotta get started. <laughs> we gotta go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get the people in the chat. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hidden Hustle from IrishSportsDaily.com. I'm your host, Greg Flamong, and with me, as always, is Jamie Uyama, Mr. Jamie University. It is Thursday, August 24th. We are two days away from Notre Dame kicking off against Navy in week zero. Why do they call it week zero, Jamie? I have no idea, but that's what they're calling it. Could just call it week one. You could just, you know, just could yeah. do that when, when uh, the, the weeks start when, uh, when the games start. But we're calling it week zero. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be previewing uh, Notre Dame's offense versus their defense, Navy's offense versus Notre Dame's defense, and all those things. We're going to give a prediction. And uh, probably, the, I don't know how this leads into the season. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in. If this is your first time catching our show and you haven't done so before, please hit the like. Please hit subscribe. Put Please hit the notification bell uh, so you know we're going live. Uh, you know, we've had t- t- Tyler Hack. He, he missed a show, Jamie, because he didn't have the notification bell on. He didn't know we were going live. So you don't want to happen. You don't want that to happen to you. So please do that. If you like uh, the audio format instead, links to our podcast are in the description below. And before we get started, I want to talk to everyone about our, our title sponsors, ESQ Clothing. And if you're looking to upgrade your wardrobe and your dress shirt game, head over to esqclothing.com and check out Ga Wang's uh, custom bamboo dress shirts. It's the most comfortable dress shirt you'll ever put on. Uh, machine washable, odor resistant, wrinkle resistant, has stretch, breathable, and uh, it's it's light and airy. You're never going to want to take it off. You know, you, everyone knows how it is. You wear a dress shirt to work. You get home. You can't wait to take it off because they're not very comfortable. That is not the problem with this shirt. And since it's machine washable, you're saving on dry cleaning. Uh, so essentially the shirt pays for itself in that sense. So head over to esqclothing.com, upgrade your shirt game. Uh, just so everyone knows, Jamie has acquired his son's uh, his son's illness. Jamie's dealing with a little bit of a cold. We're hitting and hustling again. Uh, so thank you for being here, Jamie. Really appreciate it. Uh, how are you doing otherwise? I'm doing great otherwise, other than that. Um, but uh yeah, I mean, call, call me Zeke Carell. I'm, I'm, I'm out here. I'm, I'm, I'm ready he's to go. A gamer. He's a Jamie's a gamer. <laughs> Jamie's a gamer. He's not going to let anything uh, stop him from, from previewing this game. Uh, CFB hurts. This game time fools. Zach Davis says we're back, and Rajon says hello. So hello to, uh, to Rajon there. So, um, just a couple, just a couple of things. Uh, listen to the, uh, listen to the press conferences. Chris Tyree is uh, making the switch to number four. Uh, he, for a reason that I thought, so he's, he, I guess he's going to be the, the main punt returner. Uh, and, uh, he's number two and I assume DJ Brown is also on punt return. So he's going to, uh, he's, they can't have two number twos, uh, just ask Pitt can't do that. So, um, <laughs> so, uh, he's got to put, he's got to put on number four. That was the number he wore in high school. Um, so when you, when you see a number four running out there for Notre Dame, that's, uh, that's Chris Tyree. And so that's just a, a little little thing there. Um, my parents are in Ireland, Jamie. They, they are they are on site. Well, they're there. Yes, my dad and my mom. They are they are uh, they're there. They made the trip. My mom has been super fired up about this. So my dad. Uh, people may know. I may have brought it up on other pods. Maybe not this one, but uh, my dad is Dutch. He was born in Holland, and he his family came over when he was six. So he hasn't been back to the Netherlands since then. 
Uh, wow, so really? they, they are, yes. So they are going to, they are in Ireland. Now they're going to catch the game and then they're going to stay out for another week and he's going to go back to the motherland. So, uh, very exciting. Uh, my dad will probably watch this. So, um, it was, it was a long journey. They are literally like running through the airport to catch connectors. Um, uh, and you know, they're, <laughs> they're no longer spring chickens, Jamie, you know, yeah. you gotta, you yeah. gotta pick them up and put them down. So, uh, hope they're having a good time. Uh, but let's get into the game, Jamie. Um, Navy, they are uh, got a new head coach, Brian Newberry, not new to the program. He was the defensive coordinator he's been since 2019. Uh, they have a new uh, offensive coordinator uh, from, Ken- from Kennesaw State and uh, still running the option, a little bit variation, and Jamie will get into that. Um, but they, they, don't, they aren't fully settled at quarterback. They've got, they got two quarterbacks that they are going to go uh, run out there, which generally, in my opinion, doesn't bode well for Navy in, in week one, you know, usually when they've got the incumbent and that incumbent's been around that that's when you see a stronger <clears throat> Navy team in week one, that's not the case uh, this year. Um, so, you know, that, that, you know, I bodes well for Notre Dame's chances, I would say uh, even more so given the, uh, you know, given the, the talent gap there. But uh, before we get into, you know, offense, defense and that sort of thing, Jamie, what is your uh, overall impression of this game? Um, you know, heading into it, how, how are you feeling about it? I mean, I think you feel pretty good about Notre Dame's team coming into it. Uh, the fact that Zeke Carell, you know, that's what Marcus Freeman confirmed today, that Zeke Carell practice, practice, has been practicing. He's mm-hmm. going to be ready to go in this game. Uh, really, the only guy who was maybe in question was Eli Raritan. I think most people kind of figured he wasn't going to be quite ready yet, and he's not. Mm-hmm. So, uh, But it sounds like, you know, pretty soon, maybe even as soon as next week, but um, – my guess is they probably don't need to push against Tennessee state. So right. um, he can, they can wait till he's completely ready. Um, but, you know, Notre Dame's come into the game pretty healthy. Um, they, I, I mean, I like Notre Dame's team this year. Um, I think it, it's an interesting matchup. I think it's, you know, Andrew Mentock, who's, who's over there covering it for our sports daily, you know, he wrote about, and it's something that, Marcus Freeman talked about it in his press conference the previous week was it's a good thing to be able to have Navy first because you get that advantage of getting that extra time to mm. kind of prepare for the triple option. Obviously there's some like tweaks and there's some unknowns and that's going to kind of change some things. But um, I think the other thing that kind of goes, because you're thinking about all oh, the triple option. I mean, it gives you the all it, basically um the entire off season to prepare to go against that, that blitz. Right. Yeah. And that's one yeah. of the things too, that they did obviously a ton last year, they blitzed Notre Dame a ton and that's what they do, right. That, that is who they are under Newberry. Who's been the, you know, the defensive coordinator there since I believe since 2019. Um, and, you know, he's the head coach now, but it's basically still his defense. PJ Volker, they, they um, was the linebackers coach. They promoted him to, um, the DC, but they're going to stay the same. They're, they're going to, that's kind of what their identity, as much as the triple option is their identity on, on offense, that being aggressive, uh, you know, having extra bodies to play the run, that is their identity on defense. So, you know, when we talked about, you know, writing in camp and writing in the spring, talking about all this, man, you know, Notre Dame's defense is really just like bringing it. Like they're just blitzing a ton against Notre Dame's offense. Like, 
well, part of that is just all in preparation for this because that's what right. you're going to see. You're going to see that again NC State as well, which we'll get into much later on. But yeah, that's that's something you got to prepare for. Um, so you know, there's really no excuse to not be ready for. Um, you know that it's coming. You know it's going to be. If you know that if you have success, their answer is going to be, "Hey, let's blitz more." You know, like it, it's not going to be we're going to drop eight, right? They're going to say, mm-hmm. "Hey, we're going to come and attack more." And see how that does because it worked, you know, great for them last year. Yeah, it worked well for them, especially in the second half. Um, it's it's always a gamble, right? Like you're zero blitzing, like you're really gambling there. And you know, sometimes the gamble works. And Notre Dame didn't handle it very well. I thought an underrated aspect to that was the backs didn't block very well in that game. Um, that's going to be something just to kind of keep an eye on in this one because um, they're going to have to block a lot better, um, especially Logan Dix. Like he he was. He was not good in pass blocking last year. Um, so hopefully, you know, with Audrey Estime and Javon Payne, like hopefully they're ready, they're ready to do better. Um, I think another kind of under the radar aspect of playing Navy in week one versus, um, you know, like in the middle of the season is the extra time is absolutely true. Uh, you have, you, you've probably been installing some Navy stuff probably far as far back as the spring, right? Like you're just installing like little yeah. things. You're thinking about it. Um, but in week one, you have the ultimate buy-in from your players because in the middle of the year, it's it's annoying. You don't want to do it. You don't want yeah. to work on a new thing. You don't want to deviate from, you know, what you've been doing and the, the kind of offenses that you've been playing, right? You're not playing a defense you're ever going to play again. You, you're You're literally throwing away rules that you've been working on for weeks and weeks, you know, and in the middle of the year, you're getting through it. It's a slog in the opener. You have the ultimate buy-in. Cause like, I, I, let's go, like, let's go play. Like they're ready to play. They're, they're excited. You're going to have, you're not as injured, right? Like you don't have the, you don't have the wear and tear of the season like that. So that to me is also, I, I mean, maybe one of the bigger things and why Notre Dame had, you know, they did well against Navy in 2012 as well. Like, you have that ultimate, we're ready to go. You have their focus. Their, 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 everything is just that much heightened because it's the opener. The opener is always going to be like that. So um, that really helps, uh, I think, with the, um, with the passing or with the, with, with the defense and, and getting the team ready to go. Um, let's, start with, let's start first with Navy's offense because um, I think when Notre Dame plays Navy, that's what everyone is thinking about. Like what – how are they going to deal with the option and that sort of thing? Rajon had a really good question um, about the quarterback. So I'll throw that up here now. Uh, do Navy quarterbacks play the same style or is one a better passer? Uh, Jamie, tell us about the quarterbacks and how it might differ and uh, you know, what Notre Dame expects to see from those guys. Yeah. So uh, I, I think in camp, they kind of made it known that they were going to play at least two quarterbacks and it sounds mm-hmm. like they might even play three. That's, that's basically what, uh, um, you know, Newberry said uh, earlier this week, right? So um, three quarterbacks are Ty Lavatai, who um, was their starter last year. He suffered a season-ending knee injury, um, and he missed the spring. Uh, but he was the, guy, the starter against Notre Dame the previous year, too. And then the other guy is Blake Horvath, who um, is – didn't play for Notre Dame or for, for Navy last year. He was on like the JV team. So redshirted, yeah. um, but he ran that Navy offense in high school, right? He ran that flex bone offense in high school. He's considered a really good triple option decision maker. And then the other guy is Xavier Arline, who's a guy who played at Notre, against Notre Dame last year. 
he is, and I guess I'll get into the differences now. Our line is the the most explosive runner out of them all, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's the guy who who he's had, uh, you know, five runs of twenty plus yards. He only attempted eleven passes. You know, he's not a guy who's was a good passer, considered a good passer. I think he mm-hmm. completed one you know, deep against uh, Notre Dame, but that was like about it really for his, his, his success. He didn't have a lot, a lot of success. He's a lacrosse player as well. Plays on Navy's lacrosse team, five, nine, one seventy six. just to like a kind of a guy who kind of fits in the, I mean, he's not Malcolm Perry, but he fits in that mold, right. Of, of that kind of guy. And then Labatai six, two, two twenty one. He's like more of a short yardage, good decision maker guy, you know, not a good passer either, but you know, 43% last year, but you know, completed two thirds of his passes that were, um, you know, short, the short passing game, which is some of the stuff that um, they plan on doing more of uh, this year. Uh, so he's probably the best passer out of them all. Um, so Horvath, I mean, that's, I mean, unless they, they're totally lying about it, like quarterback coach Ivan Jaspers, who was the offensive coordinator previously under Ken Neomatololo for years, he um, basically said that Horvath did a really good job decision-making but he is um, developing as a passer. And, mm. um, you know, in high school too, he only threw, completed 40% of his, his passes in high school, in, in his senior year of high school. So not considered a, a, a super accurate guy. I think the one big change though, is that there are, you know, last year and, and, and years had basically everything was a deep shot. It's like, oh, we're trying to get you like, Oh, we got you. Now we're going to take a shot over the field. And if you look at their ADOT, right, their average depth of target, it was huge, right? It, it was huge for, for all of those guys. And really, like, now it's going to go down. They're, they'll still take those shots, right? But mm-hmm. they plan on doing more uh, of the short passing game. They've talked about, like, RPOs, uh, you know, people – Navy doesn't have obviously a lot of people that cover the team, but the like the main beat reporter was basically like, they, you know, they're doing like stuff, you know, crossing routes. They did do a little bit when, when Chestnut was at, at Kennesaw state, they had some spread stuff. So they, you know, I, I've Notre Dame has to prepare for some of that spread stuff in, in this game. And it just sounds like overall that they have to um, just be ready for, you know, they're still still got to prepare for the flex bone triple option like like they always do. But Navy's kind of realized, especially because they've changed the blocking rules. For the people that don't know, they changed the cut blocking on the outside, right? You can only block the cut block within the tackle blocks now. So those receivers, which was always like I always thought it was stupid that they were allowed to do it anyway. Right. But like yeah. they're like cut blocking like 20 yards down the field. It's like, give me a break. It's just like an, a license to get somebody hurt. Yeah. Um and you can't do that anymore. So that's the thing that was like, could spring somebody for like a 40 yard run. Right. So like eight yard run turns on a 40 yard run. Right. Because of that. And they can't do that anymore. So now those guys actually have to block, like not just cut. Right. So um, in that sense too, they aren't able to get those big perimeter uh, runs anymore. So they have to find other ways um, to make those big plays. And some of it is going to be through the passing game. And some of it is hopefully to get, you know, athletes in space and, and take advantage of that kind of thing, catch people off guard yeah. in, in that sense. You know, you, you, you're talking about like crossing routes and RPOs and all that and like shorter passing game. And again, I think that just really favors 
Notre Dame and the fact that it's the first time. Like it's one thing you're doing it against your own defense, you know. It's another yeah. thing too. It's like and suddenly you have Cam Hart out there, and it's Ben Morrison, and it's Thomas Harper. And it's guys who can like really play. Um, hold on, babe. My daughter's talking to me. Um, you have those guys who can really play. Um, okay, hold on, sweetie. Uh, you you can uh, you you have those guys. You you you're prepared to do it against your team. But when you have live bullets like that, yeah, babe, you can have that water. Um, when you have live bullets like that, it's just a little bit different. Um, and I think that really favors Notre Dame. I think there's going to be some balls in the air, like really like good interception opportunities for them. Uh, the safeties, Xavier Watts, like this could be a big game for him and from that point of view. And I think that that all just kind of goes into just what I think um, – is is it's like such a huge advantage for Notre Dame. The three quarterbacks they're talking about, everything about the option and that. That sounds terrible to me. That sounds yeah, like a horrible it, idea to me. Yeah, it's just like it, – and even if they don't do that, you you it's like – remember I was talking about Notre Dame with guard. Like you don't want yeah. – you need continuity there. And everything with the option is precision and it's timing and ball handling. The ball handling is like so important. You You, you want the same person doing it over and over again. It's just going to take them time. I, I, so I just think that like this is a really bad first game for Navy. It really is, um, given where they are uh, it, with their team. Um, but, you know, like they are doing new things, like you said, and it can be a situation where they find something and it takes Notre Dame a couple of drives to, um, to, to kind of game it out just figure it out yeah Yeah, just like hey we we need to do this they're doing this to us we need to do this personnel wise yeah 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 that can always be the case um with them and so i guess given all that you know i rob wozniak is asking um should we kick or receive in this game my first initial reaction is always defer always defer so i'm i'm always i'm a defer guy like i'm always a defer guy in, in my opinion, it's better to receive the ball when you have more information. Yeah. Um, and you're either extending or cutting down on a lead, right? And so, like, you want to have that. And I think that with Navy having this uncertainty with their offense, like, I do think it kind of does lend itself to let's let's go ahead and let them have the ball first and then hit the ground running. But um, – Zach Davis says it's true. Got to receive if the first thing I watch all year is a nine-minute touchdown drive. I don't know what I do, and, and that's true. Like that does sit there, and especially with these new rules where the clock doesn't stop on a first down, um, it's just running and running and running. Uh, I could see so, um, but I'm more of a I'm more of a defer guy myself. Um, any other thoughts on that? Yeah. Okay. So. I think there there's a scenario. This is Navy's best case scenario, right? Yeah. Navy's best case scenario is that they're okay. There's two actually two best case scenarios for them, right? So I guess not. I mean, good scenarios for them, not yeah. best case. So two good scenarios. One is they were totally lying about all of the 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 stuff that they were going to do with the passing game. They're just coming out and they're just running flex bone and Notre Dame wasted time preparing for that kind of stuff. And they're going to like, Hey, guess what? We're coming out and we're just going to do this. Right. They're just gamesmanship playing all that kind of stuff. They're settled in. They're just doing it at a high level and 
that's and and then they do it really well and they have that nine minute drive or whatever that that uh he said that's one scenario the other scenario and then yes always bug me too ebenezer <laughs> um great uh great great uh rick flair pick too yeah. um so the the other scenario is that they catch notre dame because they have some things that it's just like there's these wrinkles and it's just, it's just one of these things. It's, you know, when you're, if you're, if you see some formation, you see some play that you haven't seen the whole time, that's, you can get beat on that. That it yeah. happens all the time, right? Sometimes you gotta be an, you gotta be an athlete and play, but just some kind of thing where you, someone gets picked or whatever. And all of a sudden it just, some guy gets a bunch of open space and a big play happens that happens. Right. And especially can happen early on when they're like scripting some stuff at the beginning mm -hmm. of a game. Right. So, you know, that's their kind of best case scenarios. They get these kind of things and they're like catching Notre Dame and Notre Dame is like playing catch up at the beginning and trying to do this. Probably the most realistic scenario goes back to what you said, Greg, you can't be, they were master of triple option, right? That was their thing. Now they're trying to be more Jack of all trades. You're just not going to be able to practice and do that thing, especially with the three quarterbacks. Yeah. So all of a sudden they go from probably doing like barely any seven on seven to, okay, now we got to do this. We got to work on this now and we got to work on these routes and we got to do this and that. And it's, yeah, it's nice to do in practice when you're doing this against air or you're doing it against your scout team or you're doing it against Navy's defense, by the way, 131st in EPA per pass last year, the, the deep pass defense was crap, right? Yeah. Um, so Notre, Notre Dame, by the way, opponent adjusted. So um, this is, uh, you know, our, our buddy Parker Fleming, who does a fantastic job, Stats of War on, on Twitter, you know, put out his thing. And he he's done, up, he's updating his EPA stuff. So it's not just raw data. Now it, it, he's doing opponent adjusted. Notre Dame's pass defense last year, fourth in, in, in EPA per pass. Yeah. Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. And would take. I think would take, and I think they're better this year. So mm -hmm. you're going at your, you're adding stuff that's going to go into Notre Dame strength. Um, you probably aren't going to execute. You're not going to execute it as well as most teams. Um, you don't have guys who have been historically accurate passers and you don't even really know how well a lot of these guys can catch the ball and, and do stuff in traffic and, and all of these kind of things. And they have some speed. They, they, they do have some slot backs with, with some speed um, that I, I think are potentially dangerous that if they do, you know, catch another name, it's like, Oh, that could turn into a big play. They have that uh, on the roster, but it's like, how good are they going to be coming out in week one? executing this when they have like the three quarterbacks, like you said, they haven't put all the time into whatever you can only get so much better during camp. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there's a chance their offense stinks and, and like that. And, and, and I would say it probably leans towards at the beginning of the year, at least they're talking about how, Oh, we're going to come out better than we have in recent years. I mean, when you're just changing a lot of things, it, it just it rarely looks really good from the go, especially when you're playing against a better opponent. So I, I don't know. Like it, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be like a shutout like that, whatever. But 
I it could easily I think once it settles into the game, I think they're gonna have a really tough time moving the ball on Notre Dame once the game gets going. That's my yeah, opinion. and and like it's one thing to be in between quarterbacks when you're like Alabama. When you are like you already have a built-in talent advantage. So then that's kind of negated. Like you you don't know who your quarterback is as the worst team. You know, like that that reeks to me is like you don't you don't really know who you are. You don't know what your strongest plays are, you know? Like you they're they're just not sure. And like it's it's probably for them in the long term it's it's a good thing, right? It could be to their benefit, but in the short term, it's not. It's, that's not what you want. You don't want to face the best defense you're going to see by far in week one when you're just not you're not just sure about the quarterback. You're not sure about how these plays are going to work at this school with these players. Yeah. You know, there's just a lot working against them, um, and and I would be very disappointed if Notre Dame was not completely prepared for for whatever they're going to see you know like you know Marcus well, I think Freeman, some of this some of the stuff I think you know what I mean like it, passing wise I think it's just natural that all of a sudden they're running some like crazy wheel route off the thing and just it, it's just it's first game mistakes happen so it's like I think they could catch him once or twice. That oh no no no! Possible. Yeah 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 yeah. I I just mean like the whole thing looks like a tire fire. You oh, know, like yeah, we've yeah, seen in other happened. years yeah. against Navy and stuff. Yeah, like I don't mean like uh, you know, like like you said, th- th- any team can run a play that you haven't seen, and it's like oh that's yeah. okay. You know, any team can do that. I'm talking about just like fundamentally, like hey, they keep running this, and Notre Dame cannot adjust. Yeah. And it's like, and then there's an adjustment to that. And then they keep like, they catch Notre Dame basically on their heels all the time. Like I would be very disappointed by that. Oh, I don't think um, that's happening. Yeah. I don't think it happened, but I'm, I'm just saying it shouldn't, yeah. it really yeah. should not. Um, So it, it's just, it. I just, I, I think Notre Dame is going to, should be able to handle them offensively. I think all of the intangibles of this game are in Notre Dame's favor um, on this side of the ball. And so it, it should, it should, uh, it should be the most favorable conditions Notre Dame could have. Aside, from, I guess it would be better if they had actually seen this offense before they knew what Navy was doing. But yeah, that would also be the Navy's advantage too. So um, I guess that's kind of a wash. Um, looking at the other side of the ball, Jamie, you know everyone's talking about the the blitz, rightly so. Gave Notre Dame a lot of problems last year. We talked about it in the post game. The blitz, the way that they were blitzing will always work and will always be let off the hook if you're not going to take what that blitz is giving you. Yeah. Which is all the short stuff. It, they just refused to say, we're, they're sending everyone and they're playing their corners off. We'll just throw it short. Yeah. And let players free, make a- place free access. Free access. It's called free access for a reason. It's free. They're letting you do it. And and Notre Dame refused to do it. And so that then basically, like if, if every defense knew that if we blitz everyone, they won't take these free access throws, then that becomes a much more viable defensive strategy because they're taking yeah. away a major weakness of it. 
So Notre Dame refused to do that. I don't see that being a problem for this team. I think that's part of the reason Sam Hartman is such a good uh, asset for them is like, he knows, he knows how to deal with that. He's seen it before. Yeah. It's not his first time. And, um, and so that's kind of how I see that playing out. Do you, do you see, what is the, what is the plan for Navy once Notre Dame starts taking some of that free access stuff? I, I mean, I, I think that they just keep death by a thousand cuts and just keep doing it until mm -hmm. they stop until they stop until they take until they take it away and then if they have to back off and then obviously that's the one thing there's no reason why Notre Dame shouldn't just dominate this defense and I, I know the defense is good is like a really good one for a Navy one right mm -hmm. but like there there's zero reason this team has to play a certain way to stop the run it's not like they have dudes that are just like and they could just put six back yeah. there and they, they could stop the run. Like they're not Georgia. They've yeah. got to put eight or nine to stop the run. And if someone's doing that, you have to just destroy them through the air. You have to, and you have to destroy them with RPOs. You have to destroy them on the perimeter. You have to take some shots over the top there. The secondary is not good. Like unless all of these guys got, like a million times better over the course of last season. They're not good. Their safeties are bad in coverage. They're bad in coverage. They're, they're downhill guys that will tackle and whatever. But even then, like they're not the greatest tacklers either. Right. Mm -hmm. They are an attacking defense that play a certain style and they play well within that style. But, and that's how they stop, you know, the, the run. And that's why they're so good against the run. It's just, so part of it last year was a failure on the co coaching staff in terms of like Tommy Reese, I think did a bad job. Um, I think overall, just like he needed to be more intentional with some things, but the other part was Drew Pine was really bad, yeah. like really bad. Like you could see Tommy Reese was like, take that. Like he was like, yeah. Angry. You could read his and lips. He, like you could yes. read his lips on the thing. Yeah. yeah. So I just think, there, this is why Notre Dame, because Notre Dame saw that happen last year, and Jared Parker was on the staff, Dale McCullough was on the staff. You know, basically, it's most of the same staff, right? As last year, there's zero excuse that they aren't totally ready for it and say, "You're going to do this, we're going to we're going to kill you here. We're going to do we're going to death by a thousand cuts. We're going to do these things, and we're going to make you tackle in space. And guess what? Our athletes are better than your athletes." And that's just, that's how it has to be, right? That how it has to be. I just don't see also too, like tempo. That's how you get, they can't creep up to the line, whatever. Because yeah. if you want to do that, like you got to play tempo. You got to play tempo. You got to do this. And I know that's like, I think part of it. And you know what too? I, I don't want to say like Marcus Freeman. I don't want to take total blame away from him too. Because I bet he probably thought, I mean, we got 35 points on them. Like, let's yeah. run the ball and get out of here, right? But you can't think that way when this team only plays that way. That's their style. So you can't – that's why this game – Audric uh, Esteme might, might only have 10 carries. Like, that that could happen in the game. Um, but that's just based on what they're giving you. So you can't run into it 
when you're, when you're doing that, you can't be like, there's a reason they were like the best first down rush defense. It's because they were like, we're taking away the run on first down mm -hmm. and teams just come up and they're like, oh, you know, regular first and 10 inside zone or duo. It's like, no, you can't because that's what they, that's what they want you to do. They know you want to do run inside duo. They know you want to get four or five yards on first down. And they're saying, no, we're not going to give it to you. So you have to take what they give you. And, th and that's really what it comes down to. And that's why I think like, if I was going to, you know, if you were going to bet on, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't looked at it or whatever. I don't know what the over under on uh, Sam Hartman passing yards in this game, but I, I would say probably take the over because they're going to, he's going to throw for 300 um, and they're going to, you know, they're going to throw the ball a lot because until Navy just decides like, oh God, we can't do this anymore. But they didn't decide that they, they like doubled down on it last year. Right. So 17 of the 18 snaps on defense before kneel downs, they blitzed last year mm -hmm. in the second half. I mean, and why wouldn't they, they basically had, it was like 38.9% havoc rate in that thing. So if that's what they're going to do, you have to counter that, that, I mean, that's coaching, right? That's mm -hmm. football. So that's, I think Notre Dame fans should be incensed if, if, if Notre Dame's offense has a similar type of game in, in this one to the second half, because there's just zero excuse for that to happen based on what you know that they did and what, who you know that they are, right? You, you go into it. It's just like it, it, not preparing for it is like not preparing for the triple option when you're going to play Davy. You got to be a, like an idiot to not be able yeah. to do that. So I think they've prepared for it. I think they're going to, they're going to take uh, what's given to them. And I just think ultimately like Navy's DBs aren't very good and aren't good enough. And you're going to see um, some big plays in the passing game, you know, especially, I think I would say this would be a big yak game, big yards after catch game yeah. for, for Notre Dame, which would favor someone like Chris Tyree. Um, I think Tobias, I think Tobias has an opportunity to really go big because I think that he went where he will struggle and have problems is when you get some corner, some team that can just be physical with him and get him off routes and make him work for that sort of thing. And against Navy, Navy's playing off because they don't, they don't want to, you know, they don't, they don't want to make it easy just to kind of throw a go route or whatever. Like they, they want their DBs to sit on things. And if, and if it gets to the point where it's like, oh, they're running by me, like they, they're expecting like, hey, the, the, the pressure is going to get there. But I think for Tobias, like if he is able to run at a defender, like we said, free access, like if he's given clean releases all the time, that's going to be to his benefit. Um, he's very difficult to cover from an off position uh, for a DB who isn't, isn't fully giving ground, right? Because you, when you're in zero, you can't, you can't just pedal, pedal, pedal. Like you do have to sit a little bit. You do have to be patient. That's just like very, like very much favors Tobias in that situation. Um, I, th I think, you know, that it could be a, a very, very big great house game in terms of just like a lot of stop routes. He's very good at that. He's very good at finding just like being sudden with when to make a break slants inside. Like they, they could just be a big, yeah. a big game for him. And those RPOs like, like it happened in the spring game that yeah. could easily be yeah. that kind of game for like who, 
great house for sure, but like the slots, mm -hmm. the slots, like that, that is something that you're going to see. Like, I think, um, because if they're going to overcommit, you have to burn them there. You just have to. Do you think that, and this is where, you know, first time offensive coordinator, uh, Jared Parker could run into a little bit of trouble is, you know, when I was playing that we would have defenses where, you know, like we would play, we like at the time we played a lot of cover three. And so that meant corners are, you know, basically every, you have to stay on top of the receiver every time. Yeah. And the corners were always saying like, well, they have this five yard out five, seven yard out, like whenever they want it, what do we do if they keep, just keep throwing it down the field And our defensive coordinator was like, they never do. They never do it. They, they get impatient. They'll get you a couple times, right? And they'll, we'll give up a couple first downs, but eventually they're going to stop because they hate doing it. And, and so it's a question, not just on the, the shorter stuff on passing, but also in the running game. Like, is, is Jared Parker, and I guess it's just an open question because we don't know. Yeah. Is Jared Parker disciplined enough to, to say, you know what? They keep sending this defense. Like, we, we cannot just try to, we cannot stubbornly try to run on them and bog down the offense, you know, and get into third and longs. And then, you know, a lot of the shorter stuff is taken away because you got to get further down the field. Like, do you think that that will be an issue for him? Are you concerned about that? Like, that is a way where I could see things getting off track. Like, I could see getting, you know, moving the ball, moving the ball, moving the ball, and then you get to, like, I don't know, 30-yard line, 20-yard line, and then things kind of stop, and they get a little impatient, and it's like, okay, well, actually, we, we want to force the run here. No team should – Navy should not be able to stop us from what we want to do. Like, if we want to run it, we'll run it. And they start putting a bunch of tight ends on the field, you know, like that sort of thing. Like, that is – do you do you have a concern about that? Because that's something that I could see. Like, if this starts to get a little nervous for Notre Dame, I could see it happening in that kind of way where they just get impatient on offense. Um, I think – I mean, it's just one of those things that it, it really is kind of impossible to say until – um, we see it, but everything that he said makes me believe that he's a guy that is, you know, pretty sharp and also a, a guy who's like realizes that, um, you got to do, um, what it takes to, to win that week. Right. And like, you have mm -hmm. to do, you have to adjust your game plan to what, um, you know, what the defense is giving you and, and mm -hmm. what you're seeing. Right. So, um, and, and I also too, like, it'd be one thing to be like, um, it'd be one thing if he was like, here's this new offensive coordinator. We don't know anything about. He wasn't on staff for the Navy game last right. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, even you, cause there's no one, there's no way that he or anyone who was on the staff went through that and was like, Hey, this is great. You know, like everyone was like, this is horrible. I, I mean, I, it was, I, I mean, I've talked to Notre Dame fans who've said that was one of the worst, you know, halves of football that they've experienced as a Notre Dame fan. 
you know, and they've certainly been blown out and they've had some, you know, Michigan 2019 and yeah, some, you know, Miami, you know, 2017, like they've had some pretty ugly games here, but just for a pure half of football, a frustrating football, um, you know, I think they averaged like 0.9 like yards per play. Like it was, it was ugly. It It was was like one first down. Yeah. So that's the main thing where I just like, I just can't see it. And also too, it's also too why I wrote about in six thoughts that I'm like, you're going to learn, you know, you don't learn everything about the offense and you don't learn everything about Jared Parker in in this one game, right? Like Mm -hmm. let's people do this. They, they, um, you know, you could easily go back to just say like Michigan 2014, Brian Van Gorder, Wow, the defense. Look at this defense. Wow, just attacking and sacks and just like he's doing the, you know, fist pumps on the sidelines and people were just, you know, that that gif was like in rotation for a while. Like people just loved it, right? Yeah. And that was not the Brian Van Gorder experience, right? So you can't take just one game and just listen and 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 that's who what you're going to get, right? So that's one thing to learn that you know you're not going to get that but the other thing is that when something like this happens and you're playing a defense or that has this very specific style and they they beat you in a way last year that if they came out and I don't expect them to be like passive so if they come out and be aggressive again and then they do something similar to you that is 1000% on the coaches and that is would be a some monumental indictment of Parker and then the staff in general. Right. So that's why I just don't see that happening at all, because I just think like, I mean, not to say that there aren't going to be things that um, are challenges in in the game, or they might do some things different. They're obviously not going to run the exact same pressures. Right. They're not going to, they're going to do things different in coverage. It's not going to look exactly the same, but you know, it's it's like you're preparing for a certain amount of like, hey, guess what? 60% of the time they're going to blitz. Like that's mm-hmm. just, you're preparing for that. And you have no excuse not to be ready, right? You just have no excuse. Yeah. Um, I don't want to, st- I, I mean, I don't want, I guess I don't know if I w- we want to step on our predictions, right? Um I mean, should we do that? What, what do you think? Let's I think we, we can. Whatever. Okay. Well, what what is what is your prediction then for this game? I think I said forty-five to seventeen. Okay. I think that's what it was. Um, obviously for Notre Dame. Um, yeah. I I mean I picked the seventeen mostly because you know they're gonna have Navy always will will catch you in a drive where it's like you know either Notre Dame's got the wrong personnel out there and it's like, they're just going to hit you and hit you and hit you. Like just it, uh, until you make an adjustment and then that gets them points. Right. So mm-hmm. they're bound to do that. And then also too, like they might catch Notre Dame with something, right. They might catch Notre Dame with something. Um, and then uh, I mean, Brendan says under 50, be very disappointing. We got to realize the, you only get so many possessions. You only get so many possessions of the game, right? So, I mean, they score seven I th- touchdowns. I think, I think the way that you – well, we're thinking of offense. I think the way you get to 50 
is just like defensive stuff. Like the Stephon Stewart thing. Yeah. This is a perfect example. Like Notre Dame uh, put up 50 in that game, but, you know, they had a defensive touchdown, you know. So I think that is kind of where it comes. I mean, I do think there could be a ton of like balls on the ground, you know, especially for Navy, like getting really loose with the ball. Um I'm I'm kind of of the mind that like so I predicted 37-10. I think they're going to be up like uh a lot in the first half. And it's going to be one of those things where it's like okay. Like not and it won't be like like it'll be like I guess last year was what 35 to 10. Um I think it'll be I guess sort of similar to that. I I think that in the second half it'll be where it's like they Notre Dame scores maybe like one more touchdown, and then you, you're kind of like, "Hey, how come like we haven't?" There's been a couple of drives where they haven't really scored, and then the backups come in, and then they get kind of bogged down. Like I, I think I just, I just have a feeling that's gonna happen. Uh, yeah, I could, I could totally see them just the points just kind of showing up. Um, I, I, you know, that is very easy for me to see. Again, I, I could see like a three, four turnover game from Navy, one of those coming back. Um, and that doesn't, you know, get into like the kicking game or special teams or whatever. It's, it's hard to like predict a special teams touchdown of some kind. Like maybe they block a punt again. Uh, so that's all. I, I, I guess on the main point, I, I don't see this being close. I think Navy's going to be, I think there's a very good chance Navy's just kind of a mess. Um, so I, I think that'll be, I think that's going to carry the day. Um, I do have a question. It's, I, I guess it's sort of related. I have a question about um, our, our superlatives that Matt had us do. Because uh, yeah. we had one that was similar. So Matt just like, Matt just texted like, hey, fill this out. And I didn't know what it was for. And I was, I was like, I don't, I don't know if I'm answering for like him or what he's doing. Apparently he was putting in an article um, about superlatives, which is fine. Right. Uh, we didn't, we didn't talk about it, but surprise game record. We both put Josh Burnham. Why did you put Josh Burnham? Um, I put him one. Uh, because the fact that he was on the depth chart at both ends. So it's like, to me, that's like, oh, we're just letting you know. He's just not, this just isn't his name on the depth chart. Like he's in the rotation. Yeah. Like, so that was part of it. Um, And the other thing is, I just think, he's just a guy who has that potential to, Mm. to do, to be a guy who makes shows up and makes plays and he'll make plays. Cause I think he's smart first of all. Right. Um, He's smart. And I think he's got good Twitch and I think that he will, he's just going to show up and get, and then the other thing is get better Mm. is get better during the season. And in in camp at the beginning of camp specifically when al golden kind of brought him up un, unprompted as like man this is a guy who's really put in work to like 
get bigger, get stronger, get better, learn the position. Cause obviously he was a linebacker in, in high school and really was like a quarterback in high school was, you know, he was really leaned on. And then Al Washington really, you know, made a, a point to praise him. And it's, and it's, it's not like Al Washington wasn't praising other people, but it's just kind of what he said about him and about his work ethic and about, and, and all that too. And just guys like that, um, especially too, who, and, and if they got the talent and I believe he does, um, those guys hit, they hit, you know, they, they're, he's going to be a player, right? Like, yeah. it, you know, injuries can happen, whatever kind of stuff can happen, but like he is going to play and be a, a factor. And I, I don't know for sure that he's going to be a game wrecker this year, but just, he would be my pick. And, and the reason I picked him because it's not, I don't think it would be a surprise if Jalen Sneed is a game wrecker. Right. Just because people are like excited about the possibility of him. You know that he's a guy who's going to find time in sub packages. You think he's going to get more and more playing time as the season goes along. Um, and he's got the, and he was like a five star kid with exciting traits and whatever. Right. So, yeah. It, from that perspective, like, yeah. And, like I thought about maybe like a Jaden Mickey there mm. because I'll just don't know how much, I mean, he's going to play, but I just don't know how much because I mean, they do have Morrison and Hart and it's like those guys are going to make a lot of plays too, probably. So um, I, I thought about that and I don't think it's like, you know, X Watts. I mean, I think Matt might've picked X Watts. I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah. But like, to me, that isn't less of a surprise. Like, it's just like, you know, I don't know if it's a, quite an expectation, but it's like people are hoping for it at the very least. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and that's, yeah. So that's kind of what was, was my thinking with it. Um, uh, and, and I was, I mean, I really liked him as a recruit. I thought he was a guy that I was confident he was going to be a good player. And, uh, you know, I still feel pretty confident that he's going to be uh, a factor for Notre Dame. I don't know how much this year, but it wouldn't, it would not surprise me at all. If by the end of the year, you know, he's a guy that you're like, wow, he really just, his role just kept getting bigger and bigger. And, you know, all of a sudden you're playing USC and you're like, man, Josh Burnham had a big sack and you just yeah. like, I wouldn't have, he, that wouldn't have been on the call sheet at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Josh Burnham, you know, like you said, he has a chance to get better and better. Um, and if you have a business that you want to get better, <laughs> and and you need and you've got a social media, you know, social media that you need to get better, uh, I want you to check out bsrmedia.com, our other sponsor of this show. It was founded by Notre Dame football pregame host and Emmy award-winning anchor. Mahid Saad Razade, BSR Media provides professional and cinematic video and photo, whether you're looking to uh, collegiate or pro-level highlight reel, have a personal story to tell, or aiming to diversify your growing business. Uh, BSR Media specializes in short and long-form video storytelling, social media management, website design. BSR Media also captures professional headshots, senior, and sports photos. Contact them at bsrmediacompany.com. Mention Irish Sports Daily and receive 20% off your first project. Visit them online or give them a call at 574-800-9106. I agree with you on the Josh Burnham thing. That's why I picked him. And it's funny that we didn't 
We didn't talk about it at all. No, like, we didn't. I had no idea. I had no idea you picked. And and I think that there is a lot of like that Julian Aquara 2017, like, hey, like he keeps flashing, you know? Like yeah. let's it's he, let's get him in the game. Like, oh, we like it's fourth quarter. We need we need some pressure. Let's put Josh Burnham in there. Let's get him going, you know. I think that has has the possibility of being the case. Um, that was why I picked him. I didn't think of Xavier Watts is like, and I'm, it's interesting that Matt thinks that uh, because I don't see him as a game wrecker. I just see him as like, he's a playmaker. Yeah. You know, who steady. Who he, yeah. Steady can make plays. Um, but it's like game wrecker is like Kyle Helmutson level safety, right? It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's hard to be a game wrecker as a safety. Like you really need to be, you need to be very impactful. So that, that would surprise me, but I just thought it was interesting that, um, that, you know, we, we both went for him. Cause I thought that was very, I thought I was like way outside the box on that. And then you matched me. So, um, um, but- well, I was, it's, I was going to say, cause you brought up Aquara and that reminded me. So Aquara in that 2017 in camp in 2017. And obviously that was, mm-hmm. um, the, the change to Mike Elko and yeah. Clark Lee came in, right? And they were doing a, a turnover drill, right? Where you had to, working on, uh, um, you know, batting down balls, right? In, in terms of like pass rush, get down, get you know, attack the quarterback's arm, bat down a ball, right? And Julian O'Quara batted down a ball in practice, tipped it to himself and picked it. And I was like, well, you don't see that every day. That was a pretty <laughs> impressive thing. Yeah. Um, you know, not not just almost tip it. He he, he actually tipped it. Um, never seen sorry. never seen it. Never yeah, seen yeah. it. Sorry, that's an inside joke for anyone. <laughs> but um, but uh yeah, so he did that. And then when they played North Carolina that year, he did that in a game. Yes, yeah, like yes, Kevin mentioned. He did that it, like so that was like yeah, I'm like that is a special kind of play. Even if you just see it in a drill, like that is a special kind of play. And I'm not saying like, I didn't see Josh Burnham do that. So I I can't say, but I'm just saying like, that's the kind of thing where you're just like, Oh, this kind of play out of nowhere. Where, um, or here's an example, the spring game. Right. So yeah. Okay. It's, it's, he's going against Andrew Christophics, the right tackle. He's not normally a tackle, whatever he beats him, But it was the move that he put on him where he kind of did like an inside jab step and then got out and then like turned the corner. And then he knocked the ball out of Kenny Minchie's hands Yeah, uh, on, you know, as he was scrambling. And that's just like a savvy kind of play where it was like, everything is intentional, you know? And I'm like, wow, he's doing that. And it's like, he, hasn't this is his basically his first year playing defensive end and he did Mm. a play like that i'm like i mean it doesn't guarantee he's going to be a stud but it's like it shows me he can do that um and not not many others can so Mm -hmm. you know so that is the kind of thing where i was like you know i think you could see something like that from from burnham this year where you're like 
man. And, and all of a sudden, like Jack Collinsworth's going to be like Josh Burnham, like, like, holy, I never respected that. Like that is something that could happen. So yeah, Rob like that uh, Jack Collinsworth impersonation. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was your, uh, what was your season prediction? Well, I, uh, I mean, I had an, I, I think, did we talk about it on here before, but I can't remember did we? if we did. I, don't I can't remember, remember. but I, I, I wrote it in six thoughts last week. Mm. So did change from a, it's 11 and one. That's right. 11, I think we did talk about it. That's right. 11, 11 and one. Uh, you know, I went into camp leaning 10 and two. And uh, I think I'm going to go, you know, 11 and one. Obviously a lot of stuff could uh, um, change, you know, there, a million things happen, right? Guys get injured, whatever, but uh, 11 and one feel, feel pretty good about it. I think uh, I, I like, I like the team um, and I like the odds of them getting better as the season goes along too. Yeah. Um, I picked 10 and two. Mostly because, honestly, I because you know what, Iris Bronx, you don't get to, you don't tell me what my thing is going to be. I didn't like that thread. Yeah, it's like it's out of spite. Is really what yeah. it is. Ten and two out of spite. Should I mean, he said I was going to pick nine and three after. He did I say that. He, no, that so basically, what he was no. basically what he was saying is he told me that he he he's basically saying that I'm like a homer. And it, like, I don't think you know who I am, Iris Bronx. And and so, so I picked, I picked, um, I picked a lot, a, a loss to Ohio State, where we we are lamenting, um, we are lamenting, like opportunity missed, basically. Like Notre Dame, you feel like you they might have even been the better team, and they 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 just didn't win the game, and. Uh, and so it was, uh, it, you know, I picked the second loss against Louisville. Uh, it has nothing to do with Louisville. I don't think they're good. I don't think Jeff Brom is good. I think Jack Plummer stinks. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. It's hard to pick losses. I didn't want it to be Pitt, and I didn't want it to be Wake. And I have them beating USC and Clemson. And I don't think they're going to lose to Duke. I think, they, I think they'll be ready for Duke, honestly. And I think Louisville is the ultimate trap game in this in this schedule, where you have they can be they'll be ready for Ohio State and Duke, and then in between Louisville or in between Duke and USC is Louisville, and it's on the road, and it's like they'll be um, uh, they'll be you know they'll just they're gonna have a bad game they're gonna they're gonna have a stinker. I don't know why. Uh, Brendan also brings up a true fact that you should your prediction should be based on how you pick the games. And Greg will picking twelve wins on twelve Saturdays. That is a hundred percent true. I, and that's the problem is like that. I will ne so I can't pick them. Like I, I, it'll be like okay, okay. I have picked them to lose before. I think I picked them to lose last year. I think. But it's like when you go into every game, like why would I pick them to lose to Louisville? Louisville is not good. Notre Dame's better than them. Why would I pick them to lose a game that they're better than the other team? You know? So that's that's kind of how I view it. But whatever. I, I put 10 and 2 down because Irish I don't want Irish Bronx to be right. So don't don't try to go picking me. 
So that's what I think about that. Um, C-Mac, good, good stat there on, on Dabo with the 18 and one or Dabo hosting night games versus ranked teams. That is a good, I mean, that's a pretty good record there, right? Well, um, they did lose one. And, uh, uh, you know, Zach Davis, my name is right on the screen. <laughs> you, you, you misspell it. Like it is right there for you, man. Um, <laughs> This happens a lot. I think I think at this point he's doing it just to make this sense. happens a lot. Um, but uh you know, I will say that a lot of those were like Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson games. Uh true, so they're good. That, that's that's that. Um the whole, the also no longer Brent Vanables. No longer I, bet, Brent I think he, he won that. Um you're all good. I'm just, I'm just no longer, no longer stealing the the plays from the opposing team. Yeah, <laughs> I heard that was like Wes Goodwin's like main thing. He's like yeah. a very good. He's very good at stealing sides. That's probably what hurt them so much because yeah. he's on the sidelines now. They, maybe he'll be up in the booth this year. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. It's like one of those things where like, yeah. I, I mean, whatever. Spoiler alert for my predictions. I'm picking them to beat Clemson. In late in the year, but I don't know. Kate Klubik, maybe he, I mean, he, I, I was not impressed with his freshman year, but maybe he's fantastic this year with Garrett Riley. Maybe yeah. uh, they, their receivers finally become more, look a lot more like T Higgins and Justin Ross and they have that. Yeah. Right. So that is something that, that could happen. Right. Um, you know, maybe their old line, which I don't think is going to be good. Maybe it ends up being really good, right? Yeah. Um, or, you know, remember last year they were riding high. They thought they were going to whoop Notre Dame and they got whooped, right? So you just never know. They're going to obviously be super motivated in, in that game. Um, I mean, and we'll have to see what Notre Dame's uh, record uh, is at that point in, in the year. Um, I will say about the Ohio state game. So I was talking with someone who uh, definitely someone who knows things, mm. someone who knows things and knows quite a bit about, uh, I mean, he knows Notre Dame well, but he knows Ohio state uh, very well as well. And he's, he's a highly connected guy. Um, and he told, he told me, he's like, Oh, Notre Dame's going to beat Ohio state. Oh, this wow. year he's like and he was like definitive about it and um he's been right way more than he's been wrong on some of the stuff too so i mean it it, it caught my it got, it got my attention so let's, let's go see. yeah let's go all right uh that sounds good all right everybody uh thank you rob see you again with the jamie thing boot boot rob out of there for that <laughs> No, just joking. <laughs> no, it's a, yeah. All right. So thanks everybody. That, that's gonna uh that's gonna do it for us. We're gonna leave it there. So thank you everyone for tuning in. If you like what you heard, hit the like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. We will be back right after the game is over on the post game. Uh Mike is always scheduled to be on it. And uh there you go, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. Uh Mike is always scheduled to be on it. Uh he could always just say, you know what, I'm I'm out with friends and I can't do it or something. He but we will we'll, we'll always have a post-game show, so, so be ready for that. Uh, and then I'll do the morning after recap uh, on Sunday morning. Uh, look out for that as well. 
so thank you everybody have a good rest of the day uh have a good weekend uh enjoy the game saturday and we will talk to you after the game is over.